I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Mark Sean Lynch, but like he still said it best. Like he's about that action, right? Like, like on purpose, no matter where the location of the pitch is, you crazy fool. Like I'm telling you right now, there is not one hitter on the planet. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I don't know about that, but you know what? I'll save it for 12 months from now. We'll talk about it in 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> that dugout we got Bo and Joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now welcome back to another episode of the farm unfiltered sitting down with my boys my boy over there Bo Callis go ahead and here we are baby (laughs) guys know me by now hopefully yeah Bo Callis here with my boy Joe we got the farm phone we got the air farm ones and we got the board Got the puppy dogs in here too. Hey, I'm not gonna even lie to you. I'm not gonna even lie to you. Um, some of the stuff up here, my mom hooked me up for my birthday, <laughs> and she's a savage for that. Like, Joe I mean, was, it uh, worked out. Joe good. was a little bit unsure, but I, I think, think it played she out well. It, bro. I think I honestly think she did great. Um, the I Air Farm ones are really showcased. We also have the Farm Phone, and then also too, let's not go any farther with also telling you houses on the mic. Our boy Cody Martin. Go ahead and tell the people what's KM, up, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I got no uh, got no video on me today. Uh, yeah. We're working through some technical. Yeah, he's got he's got he's got he's got a he's got a, uh, a face that's uh, you know fit for radio. Yeah. T- tough for the camera. Know? Yeah, tough for the camera. Yeah, soothing voice. Yeah, we 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 get them all ironed out. But uh, today we're gonna get into something. I might step on your toes a little bit, but I know Bo definitely gonna you know choke slam you hit you hit you with a people's <laughs> elbow, Cody. Trying. And then as soon as you're down, Cody's sliding in and punching you in the ribs. But we tag teaming it today. We getting in. Let's do it. It's your fault. It's your fault. That's what it comes down to. It's your fault. It was my fault. It was Bo's fault. It usually is. It was Cody's fault. It was your fault. It's your fault. And this is what I was talking about earlier, uh, Bo. I kind of wanted to start out with this, is that 90% of the things that we, that are happening uh, you know, in our, in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Or 90%, and that has nothing to do just with baseball. That's just in general. 90% of the stuff that's happening with us is is our fault, yep. right? Um, not consciously, obviously, yep. right? But I think that that's a big part of coaching that I've constantly realized over and over again is like issues I'm having with my athletes, problems we're having with our company, um, anything that I'm dealing with day-to-day, my relationships, yada, 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 that 90% of that is yeah. my fault. What I'll do is I'm, I'm going to give you Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Okay. I see your situation, and I'll raise your situation. <laughs> I think it's 100% our fault, because even if it isn't, it's how we're perceiving the situation, mm-hmm. right? So a good majority are the decisions we make, but take it a step further. How are you perceiving it, and how am I internalizing this to even pr- project at all that it isn't my fault? I think that is part of your fault. Yeah. It's like a little paradox there. Yeah. One, well, I think there's obviously that, that initial that initial feeling that we constantly want to go to as well is that thought process of like, okay, well, how is my daughter getting cancer? My fault. Right. There's that answer that backwards. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think on that, that other end, that's where it comes in with the perception side. And also to, again, not getting super deep into like your religious beliefs or any of those other things of what gives you foundation of how your perception of, and you know, things that are happening in your life like that and how you perceive those. But what, um, we more so the, the big piece here is like, first off is just the mindset piece, right? Is if you go into things with extreme ownership, right. And you go into those things of like, okay, like there's, there's parts in all of these situations that I can own. Right. And also too, like it gets into, 
um, other situations where like, yeah, like things do happen to us, right? Even, you know, you might be a random victim, wrong place, wrong time. Um, again, like, uh, there's a lot of things. And also too, when it comes into like, uh, not to blame, you know, cancer on anybody individually, but there is certain things that like we can own throughout. Like, for example, like, you know, like diet wise, I can clean it up. Right. Yeah. Exercise wise. Right. Definitely. Like I can be more consistent or uh, there is a lot of things, too, that are just like more hereditary. And for example, you might be doing what you're doing exactly what somebody else is doing. Um, but for you genetically, like you're more prone to certain things. Right. Definitely. So it's not so much. And again, not to go so down the, the medical route of, you know, like, OK, this is 100 percent your fault. No, it's not 100 percent your fault. Yeah. Right. But 90 percent of the things that are happening within our life. Right. Or especially when it comes as a hitting coach and that's more so where we're going to focus, right. Is more on that, that mindset of, okay, like 90% of this is probably something that I'm doing, teaching, allowing to happen, um, participating in, you know, whatever those things are and kind of wanted to talk through those and give like, you know, specific examples of like many times where just blatantly, like I was fucking up hundred percent. And well, and I think it starts to, and not to take take it at what it is. Every relationship we're in, I'm fifty percent responsible, no matter what. That's mm. not that's life in general. Now we take in consideration that I'm the coach. I'm the one that should know better than the athlete. Mm. And when we can't take ownership, it it, it should teeter a little bit more fifty percent. And yeah. the fact that I can't even own that fifty percent of this relationship is me and then mm. More than that is because I'm giving you the information. I'm the doctor. Yeah. You sh- you have a moral responsibility yeah. to say, this is my fault. Yeah. I know you're not doing what I'm telling you to do, but it's how I'm saying it to you. Mm. Or I'm prescribing you the wrong information, yeah. dressing it up, whatever. It's it's yeah. your fault. Well, you're also, too, I just wanted to put the side note directly to you. If you're over here being an accountant and looking into the percentages and trying to figure out exactly what percentage is your fault, that's the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just start there. Just take ownership. <laughs> just start there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, again, great leaders also own more than they were than, you know, again, like great leaders take more responsibility when things go wrong and give out more credit when things go right. Yep. Right. And so I think that that's part of the thing as well. Like you as a, as a coach, it doesn't matter if it's 60 percent your fault or 62 percent, 62.789, you know, one, two, your fault. That's great. At the end of the day, you should be owning that more like you to your perfect example is like you're being the coach. And you're the one that's leading. And also, too, like you're also older. So you've had more time to figure it out. Right. So on that other note, like, yeah, there is. And and from the opposite way, this also is not a scapegoat for you as a player to go, well, it's 90 percent my coach's fault. He's an asshole. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, for sure. But also 90 percent of the things that are happening in your life are your fault. Yeah. So that's also you picked the school that you wanted to go to. Right. You made a commitment to X, Y, and Z. You didn't vet that guy if that's if it's really the guy that you just knew it wasn't going to work out with. And also, too, once you're there, you're also owning, okay, well, how can I make this relationship X, Y, and Z? How can I, again, uh, best facilitate this relationship? Um, What are other resources I can point to? Am I also asking something of a coach that is really not solely his responsibility? Yep. My career is not solely his responsibility. There's plenty of other resources out there for me to lean into where if I'm missing something, I can go look in some other directions and not putting that all on him. Well, that's what I was going to say. At some point in your career, we've all been there. All three of us have played at a high enough level. You gain a certain awareness and understanding that 
I know he doesn't know everything that I need to know. Mm -hmm. And that's where the ownership falls back on the player. Yes, it is his responsibility to tell you the right information, but it's also your responsibility as a grown adult to say, I'm more aware now than I was Mm -hmm. and call it out. Sometimes we'll do that where it's like, Joe, Mm -hmm. you're falling short here. Mm -hmm. It's a blind spot Mm -hmm. or Bo, you're falling short here. Mm -hmm. Cody doesn't understand what you're trying to train him. Yeah. It it is a give and take. And of course it takes a certain level of awareness and growth and development in your career till you get to that perspective where it's like, I also realize a lot of coaches are fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of, they just don't know they're trying their best, Mm -hmm. but there is some accountability as the player. Like you said, like at the end of the day, you have to put your hat on your career. So, yeah. And I always felt that way from when I was young, when I was like 13, I felt like, I think I'm getting the wrong information here. Mm -hmm. Um, and being respectful about it, but also being like, yeah. At the end of the day, I have to sign my name on, yeah. on my career at the end of the day. And I, and I think with that 90% comment where it really comes back to is there's more for you to own than what you're owning. It's, it's always. It's just like a parent. Yeah. Like, and they're not our kids. Yeah. But you have a certain responsibility to guide them where it is a 50-50 relationship, but I know better than you. I have yeah. more wisdom. I'm older. Yeah. And as a leader, you should just take more ownership. Yeah. And also, too, on the other end of just being like, I think when it comes back to that insecurity thing of being like, it's okay that it's your fault. So what? For sure. So what? Like, again, it's also like, it's like the, that old quote, right? Like, um, my bad gets us beat. Mm -hmm. Right. Which it it also puts this precedent that like, I used to, I used to laugh at that when we're on the field, like some guy who boots a ball and he's like, yo, my bad, bro. That's on me. And I'm like, well, it's not on me, bro. I didn't feel the grandpa. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I used to do that. Right. Where it's like, it's not, and there's nothing wrong where you're like, in some sense, it's still like a place of ownership of like you acknowledging like, yo, I made a mistake. Right. You know, which is, there's nothing bad with that. Right. But also too, there's a plenty of guys that are just like, yo, yo, my bad, my bad, my bad. And it's like, yo, it's like, you're my bad in a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And now uh, it's like almost saying like, I'm sorry, but not meaning it. Exactly. Right. Like, okay. I, I I'm okay that you booted that ground ball. Um, when I see you all week long taking extra ground balls after practice and doing your thing and you're like, you booted it. Like, for example, like, dude, like when we're in games, like you are our dude, right? So like when you booted a ball or threw a ball away, I never was like, that guy sucks. Like (laughs) how the hell could that guy do that? Like I was, I wasn't pissed. Yeah. Right. Cause we, we all knew in that same route, like, like you're there early taking ground balls, right. Or you're taking ground balls right next to me when I'm taking ground balls. Right. And then like. You're also too on that other perspective of being like other ways that you're you're obviously playing into the team and everybody's like making mistakes and like things like that. Right. But that's where it comes in this relationship where um, and we also have good coaches at the time where, again, like I do my junior college coach. I don't care if you made ninety nine out of a hundred you you miss that one and it's like on a crack yeah your ass like, is grass <laughs> yeah your ass is grass yeah. you you yeah. <laughs> mean the dugout slamming some you fucking suck <laughs> like in the dugout you're not, not your own coach in the dugout no. you fucking sucks i played for one of those guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like are you kidding me that's a routine play like yeah i get it i know i know i'm the one that booted it so for sure 100 percent. you know and again i think that's another thing about coaching is like knowing your guys there's definitely a point when you need to get on guys i'm not saying that definitely but a lot of the time dude 90 percent. we're gonna go high percentages on all of these things 90 percent of the time no one feels worse than the guy that just booted the ball 100 percent. i mean there's not too many guys that boot a ball and they're like oh, oh well like <laughs> just 100%. like oh too bad like, what is whatever what is yelling at the guy do he already's beat yeah he's already beat he's already yeah. upset yeah. he's already thinking you're already high level achiever 
Yeah. Everybody in the stadium knows he fucked up. Yeah. You booted one. Yeah. And one thing I do yeah. hate that you brought up, and yeah. my wife, we were working through some stuff, and yeah, she made a great example. She said, and this isn't for me, it's just in general. Yeah. Lying without changed behavior is manipulation. Mm. And so many players manipulate themselves by saying, my bad. Mm-hmm. but not really taking ownership of the mistake you made. Yeah. It's real like, it's real like ownership it's is doing the work to fix but it. But it's so eyewash. It it's yeah. like, my bad. But then it happens again and it happens again. Yeah. Stop saying my bad. Just go take some more ground balls full. Yeah. Well, and it's also to say, too, like, that's where the grace and, like, some mercy and some other things show up, too, as well. Is like, yo, this isn't to say, oh, well, I said my bad. So that means that I'm never going to boot a ground ball again. Right we are all going to boot ground balls. Like we're all going to make like all of those things are going to happen. But like with that being said, it's just like, you know, when guys are getting after it and like when they are, you know, doing their, their job, like you're, you're going to have a lot more grace with those guys, um, especially in a lot of different situations. And I think what a big piece that we're, we'd like want to go back with you with as, as well is like when I was coaching, and again, I hope like one of my players, I'd love for them to pop in at some point and, and say that I'm not just blowing smoke here, um, is that 90% of the time, my role as a coach and what I always wanted, because I was on the other side, I had a lot of coaches the other way, then when my guys booted ground balls, I'd be like, hey, it's all right, play the game. Yep. That, that, that was like 90% of the time, my response. Hey, it's okay. Hey, play the game. Hey, get the next one. 100%. Hey, hey like especially too, is like our start, like stud shortstop or something. I'd be like, yo, it's okay. Like play the game. For sure. Right. Like make that like because, again, I'm more trying to get him more back locked in. Yeah. Right. Because like I already know he feels bad. 100 percent. So so what am I going to do? Because now what happens is I compound the issue. I compound the issue by uh, continuously, uh, you know, again, getting on them again. Well, yep. now he boots the second ball. Yep. Right. Like and again, like let's say in that scenario. Right. Like you booted that you I remember that one time what it was like what do you know like three errors in the same inning or something like that a couple times <laughs> a couple of times <laughs> well the one time I can remember right in like the conference tournament probably yeah yeah and and but then also too like your next day B you hit like a jack like 450 or something yeah it's like dead center he's like yeah yeah, yeah don't forget about that <laughs> <laughs> but but no I mean that was the thing and that's what I used to do I actually played my best defense when I wasn't hitting and I also hit my hit my best usually when I wasn't playing good defense uh, because I would tell myself like yo I got to contribute yeah. I got to find a way to contribute here so I would like okay you know hey like now it's my time right this is my Definitely. time which is a different mindset right a lot of people also like it it, it snowballs yeah. and they just get bad at everything yeah uh, but I had evolved into that other place of being like you know I get on defense and I'd be like I'm a wall. Like there, there is, I used to tell myself that I remember in my head, like I'm a wall. There is no ball getting past me. I don't care. I don't care if he hits at 112. Like I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm going to field it, but it's, it's going to stay here. It's staying right here. Staying here. And that was my mindset. Like, but again, I also grew up as a goalie. I grew up as a, as a, as a, um, catcher. Yeah. Right. So when I, yeah. So when I got to that, that spot of being like, I know how to put my body in front of the ball and put yeah. my those in a collision course and that there's no ball that's going to get past me right now. And that that was kind of my my mindset of getting switched over. And like that's when I made some of my best plays yep. or it came up really clutch for my team and locked in and hit like a ground ball to second base or right. hit a double or hit, you know, like some of those other things because I had make it, made it error earlier in the game or 100%. whatever that looked like, you know. So well, it's a good mindset because baseball, we used to sit my coach at Utah, I used to say baseball is a great it's the greatest equalizer mm. and it's going to find you. It's mm-hmm. going to find fear and adversity, yeah. and it's going to give you the opportunity right away. Yeah. So your point that you made with your players, it's exactly what I did when I was coaching at the college level, was you stay in that spot, 
it's going to come again. Like for sure. Probably the next ball. Yeah, especially that, when you don't that, want it. That ending when I booted those three balls yeah. after the first one. Yeah. I was already swimming in plus my head. Plus the team. Plus here, the other team can see it. They know. Yeah. So they'll like they're like they'll they'll put the pressure on. Yeah. Hundred percent. Or I'm, or I used to think like yo, if I just roll to the six hole. Those it. guys are gonna shortstop can't field a backhand and you throw it across throw the it. diamond. Yep. And then again, my the third baseman again it can't move. Yep. He's just gonna pick something. And or again, he's booted like three already. Like dude, yep. uh, if I just had a think of the confidence that builds in a hitter to oh, be like 100%. if I just roll over just one right now, like I'm 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 we're great, 100%. we're fine. That's why that's why I always preach like at least carry yourself with confidence and yeah. neurologically your body will catch up. But For sure. If they sense the weakness, it's. It's like mm. a predator, man. You yeah. sense weakness, they'll they're, they'll jump, and for it, sure, good coach knows. Yeah, I remember playing Oklahoma Wesleyan, man. Those guys bunted like five times in a row because mm. the guy we had at third just struggling. Yeah, and he you can see it after yeah. three or four. He's playing in, they slash and hit one down the line. Next yeah, thing you know, his, the you're kid's in his like head. in the middle of the inning. You know, we're yeah. making a switch, but yeah, you're in his head. It is. <laughs> if there's one thing that is the most <laughs> embarrassing thing is defensive change oh. in the middle of an inning. Oh my <laughs> well, god, I'm that's pretty terrible. sure. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Dink, that hurts. Dink had Dink was savvy. He'd yeah. always do it with like a pitching change or yeah. You know, there were there were moments still. in my career, but oh, still rough. The the roughs one is when outfielders have to do that, bro. Oh, like, oh no, and you have to run in from the whole outfield. No pitching change. Oh no, that's brutal. That's Dude, brutal. Yeah, that's that, in the middle of it. I even think that you have to be really careful when you do that because you're re- like, okay, lose the game. Yeah. Right? Let Lose the game because what you don't want to do is also lose the player. And the team. Yeah. More like, And then you start thinking like, yo, that's embarrassing. Like, I don't want that to happen to me. And then also, too, the rest of the team starts kicking it. Yeah. Right? And so, like, that's the other thing of being, like, safe. Like, I used to tell the same thing, too. And, and don't be wrong. I was more an assistant coach um, in that role. So, like... A lot of times I didn't have complete say, but I more operated as like an associate, right. like head coach. So like a lot of times, like I would, I would tell guys like, you're not like, you're not coming out. Yeah. Like I would, I would tell you guys like, you're, you're, you're staying in the, you're staying yep. in the lineup. I don't care if you strike out seven times today. Like a good, I, a, I want you to know that you're not coming out. A good story about that. After my Tommy John surgery, I'd, I'd lost, I still struggle a little bit feeling in my fingers. Mm quick story i was short tossing at 108 and i developed the yips and um, i'm coming out the backside of it mm. funny story <laughs> about joey man we're doing an eval or something and i couldn't throw a ball for a strike man it was front toss. it was humiliating mm. joey just goes keep your ass in there bo you're tossing until you can't <laughs> fucking throw a ball anymore mm. took me like 25 pitches everybody's laughing joey me and joey you're dead ass serious he's like you're gonna figure it out today son yeah well you're not coming out you're gonna learn yeah cool because that's the thing is like we all it's like well, and it's just a mindset thing. And also, to be fair, that's also my mindset of just being like, you're going to stay in the struggle. Like, you're going to stay here. It's, you're not going to avoid this struggle. Like, this struggle is what's going to get you to this other place that you're not afraid anymore. Well, and you like, can't run from fail it. Fail enough. Baseball, fail, you weren't scared anymore. You're going to fail 70% of the side of the offensive side. Yeah. And you're going to fail a pretty good amount on the defensive side. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with it. Well, and also, too, like the other thing, like, some people like again it's like traumatizing they also think about it like within pain of them thinking like okay well i don't want to be in the situation anymore and there there is a there is a place here where like you can save some humiliation to not build like some type of trauma but even then i think it's more like aftercare and so what i mean by like aftercare if you're not kind of familiar with like more the psychology side is more like aftercare where like let's say you get in an argument with like your kid or a player or your friend or whatever right you guys get into argument and you might have been 100 percent right to have that argument right or, or to call them out on something or hold them accountable, right? That's okay. But then also doing the secondary conversation where you come up and you're like, 
Hey, like, you know, I love you. You know, you, you know, yeah. you know, I really care about you. And this is why I'm talking to you about these things, because I know this will be so important for you and X, Y, and Z, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's like the other piece is like a lot of people don't do aftercare. Yeah. Right. And they just like rip into a kid and then they just leave it and then just yeah. let that relationship whole be there Boil. where, and, 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 and not come in with security and, and, and cause that's really, I want to bet that majority of coaches, it is coming from a good place. Right. Um, and a lot of people just don't know how to communicate how they feel, you know, 100%. really well. Um, but especially, at, especially when they're fired up a hundred percent and you can be super passionate, but that's why I think it's so important on the other side of like reconcile. Right. And that's kind of like after, after care of just being like, Hey, like, look, like I'm putting you back in the lineup tomorrow or Hey, I'm putting you back, whatever. Right. Yeah. Especially if you do something like super embarrassing to the kid is like, you got to put yourself in that situation as a coach. Like, and also too, sometimes we treat players like how we were treated. Like, Oh, my coach would have pulled my ass out. Well, just because he, your dad used to do this or your coach used to do that doesn't mean that that's how you handle that situation or that it's the only way right. to handle that situation, especially with a lot of your players aren't you. Yep. So Hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> a to, lot of your players are not you. You're trying to coach. And that's that's just a human trait. We uh, project how we associate and how we interpret things with how we're teaching. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of teachers lose students. It's, it's not yeah. you. You're not teaching to you. For sure. Teaching to the player. Yeah. And depending on what age you're at, it's yeah. very... T- like, when you're young, you need to do that. That If, yeah. if you don't do the uh, follow-up care, yeah. you're basically just manipulating them yeah. and uh, fearing them into doing what they need to do. Yeah. And now and the player has work. an insecurity. Yeah. And I'm saying a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't work. It just makes it worse. And that's where I'm saying where it goes like 90% of it is your fault. Well, you know why all of a sudden, like, for example, like in junior college, I, I mean, you talked about this the other day is my junior college coach used to say, Hey, like your summer league coach says that you play like outstanding defense. Yeah. Yep. You don't play outstanding defense for me. Not here. You must not be playing high level. It's like, yo, everybody I'm playing is D one athletes. Right. Like all where I'm wanting to go. I'm the youngest guy on the team. But when I play on that team, I'm not afraid yeah. because he coaches me different. He sits in the dugout and when I make an error, he's not going to pull me. Right. Or when I make an error, he's not going to call me a, an idiot in the dugout. Or he, when I, when I, when I make an error, like, you know, X, X, Y, and Z, or, and also on the opposite end, right? Like there's different techniques, like, and, and it's different with other people. Some other people, right? Like I used, there's certain people that when they would do that, it would get me fired up. Right. And I play better. Right. right. Where like, I'm like, screw that guy. Like you think I can't play D or like, but a lot of times that more happened for me personally was when it was from the other team. When yeah. the other team started talking smack or the other team started saying, Oh, hit him the ball. I'm like, yeah, hit me the ball. Hit me the ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. Put me up the bat. Like that's yeah. when I got, but when it was like my own team right. or especially like my head coach for me, I'm like, yo, like you're, you're, on, you're my squad. Yeah. You're supposed to have my back. Yeah. You're supposed to have my back. Yeah. Right. Where the other team, I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to have my back. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's go. You know what I'm saying? And like, I get fired up. Right. But that, that was the other thing is like, yo, I played really good defense, um, when I was in the summer league and those other things. And also too, I was also allowed to be a little like swaggy. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You're allowed to play a little bit loose and free, yeah, like yeah. how you want to play. hundred percent. My the toughest thing for me in college, cause I, I wasn't, I was a better fielder than I was defender. If that makes sense. Yeah. I get the ball in my glove almost every time, mm. but developed the yips a little bit at Utah Valley because the box, instead of trying to operate in the box, and like constraining, like coaches always say, moot play aggressive, mm. make errors being aggressive, being mm. aggressive uh, errors, aggressive errors. Yeah. But the way that I was internalizing the message was like very 
de- it was almost like debilitating mm. to where it was taking away my aggression. Yeah. So now when I make an error, I'm even more frustrated because it's mm. like I can't be who I want to be yeah. because of the way I'm being coached. Yeah. Even though that wasn't the intention. Yeah. But that's like the disconnect between coach yeah. and student is that like you're yeah. placing me in a box and I'm supposed to be athletic. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I was going to say that as like, again, that's a perfect example of how you because to me when it was like play aggressive, like that cue really helped me. Always. It, it really helped me like, OK, I'm going to go get everything. Yeah. I'm going to go get everything. Right. Um, I started getting in trouble. Most infielders do when they start like waiting. Right. Yeah. Like where it's that extra in between hop or, you know, again, like I, I I'm going to go pick my hop. Right. Right. I'm going to go pick where I want to field the ball rather than waiting and playing whatever ball, whatever hop I'm getting. Right. right. And, and, and again, especially at like second base, second base, it could be, oh, awful. Eat me up. Right. First base. I played first base for when I got hurt a couple of times, even worse. That's Cause tough. you're like, all I got to do is walk over to this bag. Yeah. So you just start waiting on everything, feet, yeah. you know, but then also too, you ever seen those first basemen that start being like shortstops and you're like, yo bro, you're first base, yeah. like drop your knee and just body sure. up, you know, like, for cause sure. that's the cool part. Right. Cause you can get in that mindset where it's like, if I body up, I flip it and we're good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're all, we're all good. But like, did you like to play deep at third? I know Cody and I were talking about that the other day. Depending on the field. Depending on the field. Yeah, like if if I thought their dirt was shit, if I yeah if I thought their dirt was shit, like I wanted to be screw all those, I would get up, I yeah. would get up. Um, but if I trusted their dirt, and um, you know, again, it just depended on the different fields that because uh, especially too, you know how like you know where normal third basemen stand. Yeah. I had a really good arm, so I wanted to stand deep. Yeah. In general, because I had wider angles and I could throw a hose across the diamond. Right. So I didn't mind playing deep. So I used to play real deep, but the problem was is that where the uh, where third baseman would normally stand, there would be a divot. Yeah, right. So, you'd have to so then it would get me that weird hop. Mm-hmm. So, so then I started like, okay, either I'm going to play real deep or I'm going to play real up. Yeah. Depending on, on the, I, I, I hardly played normal unless I like I had to cover a bag or like I was kind of forced to be in that spot. Right. Um, and then also too, I mean, obviously again, if you play more aggressive, the problem is, is though, is when, you know, like when you're playing third, you're a lot of times you're fielding exactly where you're standing. Yeah. Especially when balls are like smoked, unless it's either real hard or real soft. It's that third base is kind of like that constantly. Right. It's like you're going to smoke show or you're going to have to go get everything, you know? Right. So, um, yeah. So I, 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 for me personally, that was kind of like, you know, yeah. I just yeah. didn't trust myself late in my career, man. Yeah, well, the, with the, with the arm is issues, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was torn. I think yeah. my I played up a lot, like yeah. you said. I played up a lot. Once I hurt my arm, I did play up I had a ton. To, just because I, I had to play. Trust, that's how I had to play. I didn't trust the depth. Yeah, it put me in some pretty funny positions. But yeah, me and you both had pretty good gloves. Yeah, you know, was it? I mean, we'll we'll keep it no, within no, perimeter I'll, to throw I'll, the ball across I'll, the infield. I'll agree with you there. I had I had a good glove. The feet could have been better. <laughs> he says he says I had I had a good glove, but it looked better on the shelf. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that to be fair, yo, I had some swaggy you did. stuff. You did. That that was the other thing though. But again, I think on the other end, uh, we, we can go on the psychology side of this. I think it's super important. Is that a lot of guys, a lot of coaches. Especially again, I'm gonna. I'm not to harp on my JC coach, but I just realized some things of like why I played how I did. Um, and again, not <laughs> to blame it, it out, on baby. him. Therapy. Not to not to blame it on him. Um, Farm therapy. Because there's a lot of things he really did for me that were you know really great. But also too, one thing that he did for a lot of players, and he just did this thing across the team. And a lot of I want to bring this up because a lot of coaches do this. Yeah. He had us no batting gloves, no armbands, no anything. It was like you wear everything. You looked, everybody looked the exact same. Yep. 
right? And again, you got to take this in, right? Some people, it's like, well, that's how I play, so it doesn't affect me. All great, right? Yeah. And then you also got the other side where um, I came from Vegas. Yeah. Where everything's real flashy. Yeah. And that's how I played. And also, too, which I think we need to be more open with this. Um, I don't know. You tell me if you were. Um, but when I was younger, I was a little insecure. For sure. All right. So, and again, as adults, we're a, a lot of us are very insecure about certain things. So when we go into those, and a lot of times when I wear that, we talk about that in the blind spot episode. But for example, oh, during the summer, guess what? I got to wear all my swaggy stuff. I got to wear my arm sleeve. I got to have, I, and then, and then again, I would play during the fall. He would let us play with whatever we wanted, but then season came and then he would tell us what we, we had, how we had to wear stuff. Yep. And it's like, well, well, I've also played really good during the fall. Yep. We talked about that the other day too. I also played very good during the fall because during the fall, he didn't care about winning and losing. So guess what? The whole team used to play really good. And then season came and then he cared. And because he cared and because he cared, he would, um, kind of be an asshole right right so then yeah so then all of a sudden we'd start playing like crap and you'd be like well why are we playing like crap well because you you're coaching different 100 percent, right and and for me again the it's like that that old mindset of like when when um it hits the fan right like like when things go bad when things go bad and and i'm kind of going into this this other place of look I wanted to look the part because it helped me feel like the part and gave me more security while I was playing because I had some other insecurities and other things from like how I was growing up and things like that. And so when you took those other things away from me, right. And that's where it comes into being like a player coach and kind of letting guys do their own thing. Uh, We we talk about this like as uh, tissue, like soft tissue or whatever, you know, tissue in your body tissue doesn't have free will, but also too, like, um, you know, really too, a lot of things that are happening to us when we're younger, right? Like it, we're, we're not doing these things for no reason. A lot of times there's all, it's always tied back to something usually subconscious yeah. of like why I like to do certain things or why I like to be certain ways. And so I think that that's super important is that as a coach, yeah, you need to, again, like know your athlete as, as Randy Sullivan would say there. Right. And also the tissue being free will things also yeah. Randy Sullivan thing. But just being like, no, like knowing your athlete and being like, yo, like that's his style. Yeah. Like, and that's okay. You have to let, let him do his thing. As a coach, you have to let your players be authentic. And uh, insecure coaches develop insecure players. 100%. So the leaders, thing, period. Leaders, people parents. across the board, parents, all of them. Um, what I was going to say with that, though, um, and uh, not to get on our soapbox and poor me, that's just take it, take it as you want. Our generation, like this millennials, mm. we were kind of raised in this like transition to flashy, mm. but like being conditioned by coaches that wanted it old school. Yeah. And so like I personally was all about like the grind and I like embraced mm. it and I thought I was like, and I, I do have blue collar in me, but I also yeah. have some showy, like that's just how I like to play. Yeah. And so like I thought I had to be a certain way and I tried to be somebody I wasn't Yeah. to play at this high level when it was like, just be yourself, man. And mm. I wasn't necessarily in the best environment too, mm. but that's like the biggest thing I think I see with coaches now is like, just let your players be who they are. And yep. if it's not the <clears> right <throat> fit, have the conversation. Like yeah. you, you're trying to cage these people or get them to do something they can't do yeah. or that they don't want to do. Like, yeah. Well, and I think that was the thing too, as well, is that he did have a point in the same way that like a lot of times I wanted to look like a superstar 
rather than go and train. He's trying to, he's trying to get me to have a mentality, right. By like how I, I did things. And so, uh, also with that being said, like the issue that was so important with that, um, that was so big is that just like understanding, um, understanding there that, Hey, like you are also have a certain way you also have a certain way of doing things and like you not having batting gloves on. Like for, for example, if you're a guy that's more like country, right? You're yeah. more country, you're more, you know, uh, work ethic, you're more X, Y, whatever that, whatever that is. Right. If you're, if you're more of those things, right. It, you're dressing the part. You don't want to wear batting gloves. You don't want to wear these other things you want to be, because that is also how you play. Right. But now you're forcing somebody else to play how you play, right? right? And you're saying like, this is superior, right? Sure. And again, don't get me wrong. Like I said, in a lot of ways, he made me more like, but I was already more of a, I was already a grinder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just dressed different, right? And so there was yeah. more going on than like, oh yeah, let me just change his clothing. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he'll, he'll play how I want him to play. And also there's a lot of that, like, you know, this is who made me who I was, you know, which For sure. in reality of being like, okay, well, you also your life mm -hmm. how you played the levels that you played at also the bats that you hit with the era the whole thing in. like yo also let's not let's not forget most of your players don't want to be you 100% hello <laughs> they don't want to be you for sure they don't want to be you yep they want to be them Right. And so that's that other part of being like, we're trying to train everybody to be us. Yeah. Right. Which is like that we miss that. hundred percent. Our job is, is to one, do no harm. Yeah. And two, it's not, sometimes we get too caught up with good intention mm -hmm. about the game. Like our job as a coach is to develop the person too. <laughs> Don't run past that, bro. Don't run past that. I know someone didn't take that in. Someone didn't take that in. Somebody is being the moral police for baseball. 100%. Stop it. Stop I remember it. I used to be playing. People would walk past people like, like I'd be hitting BP on the field or something like that during the summer. And someone would be like, I had my shirt off. Like, you know, it's like 112 outside. Yeah. Right. And the guy and, and somebody would be like, bro, respect the game, man. Respect the game. Like stop what do you mean <laughs> what do you what do you like explain to me what they mean though no because they would say that so, i mean i didn't do it with the shirt off but yeah. sometimes i'd be, like, I'd be no. like what do you mean but that but that this is how i show my respect for the game yeah but that would be the thing though like that would be the thing is that like the big piece there and where i would um where i would be is just like we'd have these conversations of being like yo like who's respecting the game i'm out here in 112 degrees getting extra bp in while you're going to watch the softball girls play their thing and then you're going to go home and chug beers till the end of the night yep so is all of a sudden your respect for the game like do i come to your house while you're drinking at night and when you're in juco and be like yo respect the, the game and also respect the law <laughs> you know? no no 100%. like stop, stop being the damn moral police well you know and we all love the game for sure. We just do it. We love it differently just too. Because you love it differently. Don't mean you love it any more than me. hundred percent. And also and that too, would get me fired up because now yeah. it takes us in another thing where it's like, look, and a little bit of a rabble here, but like, yeah. And I used to say this to Jake Shims. I actually was texting him this morning. So shout out Shims. 
I used to say, man, you work too hard. Mm. But then I got to the point where I'm like, that's what he needs. Yeah, if that makes him feel take ready. Three hours of ground balls For after sure. practice, do it. Do your thing. It wasn't my thing. Yeah, but people would attack me too. Yeah. Well, maybe you wouldn't make as many errors if you went out there and oh threw the boy. ball more. I'm like, Here Garth. We go. No, the only Garth. reason I'm, and then it would be the opposite way. It's like, um, actually, um, like I remember this. Um, um, won't call the coach out here, uh, but call out the action. You know, you know why your arm probably hurts because you don't throw enough. Mm. Classic. My labrum was torn, <laughs> and my rotator cuff was torn in two places. Now, at the time, we didn't know. And yep. again, for some guys, that's true. Yeah. Right. But again, the statements like that is just like understanding with that. It's like, especially for guys that are really like guys that do work hard and like some of those things is again, like you got to understand like what mentally that can do with guys. hundred percent. And just being like, you know, again, like first off, and also that's just not really knowing your, your, your player in the same end. Like I was a guy that used to throw way too much. Yeah. Way too much. I played way too much catch. Yeah, I played. You, you got long, after it. Yeah. Like I, 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 and again, if you think of like mentality wise, like I was always a guy that was doing a lot. Yeah. So like with that, it's like, well, maybe cause you're not throwing enough. It's like, no, it's probably a red flag if I'm not doing something. Right. Because like there, there there's probably a, a lot of pain yeah. or there's something going on that like, you know, yeah. forcing those things to happen. hundred percent. But I, I wanted to go back to the other thing of being like, yo, like I also during the summer, we have different you know, again, this also comes back to like, uh, different ways of growing up. I also too, just played a long uh, season. I don't know if you guys have this, but, um, I used to have a pretty nasty farmer's tan. Oh yeah. When at the end of the year. Right. So when I was out there training for summer or, go, or, or really it was like the season was over, we didn't make playoffs cause we sucked. <laughs> okay. And so we'd have a couple months before we actually went home. Right. Right. And so before we'd go home, like I'd, still be working like because I'm, I'm gonna go into a summer league and i'm gonna do all these other things but also too i'm going in the summer i'm like yo i got this nasty farmer stand so yeah. while i'm getting my work in i'm already out here in the sun i'm gonna take my shirt off and hit yeah. right um and so and again it's so stupid like even to the point of like there needs to be a, a, de a defense um but it's just like on that other end it's just being like i going back to the mentality of so many old school guys right now being like Oh well, like we need to respect the game. Don't pimp homers. Don't do this. Don't do that. You, you, this is not respecting the game. Like, no, that's how you were taught, right? And that's how you showed your love and passion for the game. But yeah. it's also okay that someone that grew up in the Dominican and how they grew up falling in love with the game. It's okay that they have a different mentality than you. Right. It's okay that they have a different love and a different way of expressing their passion for something. 100%. That's fine. And again, if it hurts your feelings, it doesn't, you play how you want to play. Play how you want to play. You play how you want to play and they're going to play how they want to play. And it's okay. And also on the other end, yo, throw and hit him in the ribs. Yeah. Do your thing. But also on the other end, if he comes out there and whoops your ass on the mound, yep. you're getting it right back. My, uh, my favorite line that a lot of those coaches would say to me would be like, when you're on TV and you're as good as Ken Griffey Jr., you oh. can pimp it. And I'm saying, fool. Why do you think he's doing that on TV? Because he always did that shit. Yeah. When he was seven years old, well, he was pimping home runs. Well, and also on the other end, well, also on the other end, like, at what point did it get where kids weren't allowed to have fun playing a game? It's a fun place. Like, yeah, like, at what point, and again, I get to a point of, like, there's a difference between fun and disrespectful. I get that. A lot of people are also very triggered. Like, again, if I pimp a homer 
flip the bat 350 feet in the air, and then eye down the pitcher the whole way to first base. Yeah. Okay, there's different levels. There's a line. But again, if I hit a homer and flip the bat or, you know, do like the hot bat thing or, um, you know, drop the bat or do what, like, dude, you also need to, you're also probably just a little bit emotionally charged because I just had a jack off of you. Yeah. Like, throw a better pitch. Throw a better pitch. Right? Or or the same thing too. Like, if, if and I mean, I also on the other end, like, I don't, who well, cares if you get a little fiery too? Like it's plus, be passionate. It makes let's, the game let's play. fun. Learn something from other sports. Yeah, let it happen. These guys celebrate. They have fun. What yeah. what makes football fun? They celebrate. Yeah, I mean and there, there is there is more to it than that, but they allow sure. them to celebrate. Yeah, NBA. That's they part have of fun. the that's part of the thing. They plan their touchdown celebrations, and now they all definitely have to be more mild yeah. than they used to be because they got a little crazy. For sure. And I get having certain. I get it. You know, again, like yeah, I get if it. a guy hits a homer and then throws the bat into the outfield. Okay, you now you're also endangering other people. There, there's sure. a, there's a way of doing it, right? So like there there is no, other I mean, things, but like I, I played for guys that we couldn't celebrate doubles. Yeah, oh. we couldn't do anything. That when was, we hit singles. So I'm like, tell me, okay, I'm before like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, I hit a double. I feel cool. Yeah, but now I feel like an idiot because <laughs> I'm standing here. Sh- like, what, what was your favorite uh, second base? Uh, your your double. Uh, like the first thing. one I would do was like the butterfly because I had an Evo shield, so I'd like unstrap it and, or else a summer ball. I'd always do the. <laughs> flop it out a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to think of my. I'm trying to think of my favorite one. My favorite one. It's like I always like the one where you, uh, um, you put the the big league guys who do it, yeah, but they arm yeah. out and they shake. You yeah, shake the hips. Wiggle. Yeah, the little yeah. wiggle. I'm in. I'm in on that. What was yours, Cody? What was your favorite one? Uh, mine was definitely this last year. Um, I think I told you guys this story um, where we had a practice. Uh, had some guys throwing bats. So yeah. Had a practice where we threw bats mm. to kind of teach us a lesson. That's a good one. And mm. then, uh, yeah, hit a double and did the overhead bat throw because we did that in practice. Nice. <laughs> and that, that definitely fired the boys up it's a little a bit. Coach, coach, yeah, it has to be personal. A, it, ha- it has to be a personal thing, I think, with the team. And like, it's so funny when you're watching other teams uh, do it. Um, and when you have a team that you're like, it's really cool when you're playing another team that's also secure. Yeah. And you're secure because you guys can have, have fun. Have fun with it. Yeah. yeah. And like it could go back and forth and be like a funny thing where it's like they get the second base and you're like, dude, that was dope. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Rather than being like, screw those guys, bro. Well, like, yeah. Even at Sterling, like that was kind of the thing. Was like, what's your celebration? It was kind of like, let's see what he does. Like yeah. I remember G, he he would always bring something new and every time like, gets gets the people going. Yeah. It's it's like it's like when he played Tabor. Yeah. Like there was always like friction, but at yeah. the same time, I was always like, that's that's a good flex, bro. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Yeah. And it was, and it was like just respectful, like on the other end of being like. You're good, You're and good it's player. okay. Again, game recognizes game. On the other thing of just being like, dude, you just hit a ball 450 feet. Like, <laughs> do your thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? And well, I mean, and again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, and I also feel the other way. Like, you feel free to do what you want. Like, I'm not one of those guys that's gonna walk up. Like, I mean, don't be me wrong. If a guy hit a double or something, I'd be like, hey man, nice piece. Yeah. Like sometimes something like that would happen. But I'm also not the guy. Like, I do see some of like the little league thing where I think coaches a lot of that. I think is coach taught where it's like they run to home plate and they like shake his hand they're like good job man like that's good sportsmanship but it's like "Eh." i think that's a little like no player i mean i don't really know someone like don't be wrong i'm not saying it doesn't happen but for like the 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 amount of times that it kind of happens especially on tv where it's like good sportsmanship where it's like hey man good job and they walk over like you peg a guy in the ribs or something like that and you go over there and you're like hey man i'm sorry and like i get one thing where you're like you look over the first base and you're on the mound and you're like hey man like you know like hey sorry about that or you know especially if you like clip a guy in the head or you 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 know whatever right and i get there's 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 a little like classy way to do it but i think there's also like 
again, like some things it's that forced. are way over taught of being like, that's good sportsmanship. And it's, it's like, no, nah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a fine line. And we talk about that with like the self organ coaching of like, you still need to let the players just, just let them have fun and then corral them in. Yeah. You can always corral it in. I yeah. feel like coaching that back into kids is kind of tough. Mm-hmm. You have an insecure player trying to make him be confident late. It's a little bit difficult. I feel like you can harness it in a little bit more. I, I just hate to see young kids that just can't. It just doesn't seem like they're always having fun in yeah. baseball. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I think that's the thing with like again, like you want to have you want to have fun. Like let them have fun because again, like because this is the thing they're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna teach them to play the game the right way. No, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna make them go play basketball. Hundred percent. That's what you're gonna do. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna make him go play another sport. That he can go and have fun. Yep. And and again, I'm not saying purely like again, everything's just going to be fun, um, or that again that you shouldn't. There, there's never a role for a coach that you know harness somebody in, but definitely yeah have gone way too far in the sense of like, and it just like escalates right from like like again, it's like okay, well my coach did this, well I also don't like this, so none of my players are going to do this. Yeah. Right. Where it's like. Look, again, there's a respectful way to do things for sure. 100%. I'm not yeah. saying be disrespectful. Yeah. I think we're all hopefully have enough feel to d- filter through what I'm saying. Yeah. Just remember, all work and no play makes a Garth a dull boy. <laughs> Let the boys have fun. And honestly, like, that's why I love Dinkle as a coach because mm-hmm. he was like, he's a player's coach. Mm. And granted, a lot of us needed that transferring down and yeah. kind of being in those environments. I yeah. think that's why he does so well yeah. is because he lets people be who they are. Yeah. And he kind of works like subconsciously on that stuff. It's mm-hmm. like subtle. He's yeah. he's molding you and molding you and molding you. Yeah. But he it's like a, it's a partnership. Yeah. And also, too, again, a lot of that comes back to recruiting like and having some feel for and then, you know, also having a good culture where he's not having to be that guy where, again, you can come up to me or I can come up to you or, yep. you know, we can have your huddies or, you know, you have your, you have your inner policing that happens on the team where you're just like, right. Yo, like we'll call your ass out. Yeah. Like a, like you kind of showed up your teammate there. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't cool. Yeah. I think it was a little far. Like let's, and like, and also doing it without, you know, being like, yep. you know, an asshole about it. Right. But For like, sure. like when you have a culture of that, again, of also letting guys do what they naturally do where you re- hopefully have recruited some leaders, yeah. right. And on your team, um, and a lot of people are just trying to like mold all these leaders on their team. Like, okay, that's one thing. But also too, you want to recruit leaders, yeah. right? Where the leaders just naturally fall into their role where it's like, yo, like, you know, again, like I have no problem going up and talking to somebody and being like, Hey man, like blah, 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 blah. A little think, too far. Yeah. I think you went a little too far on that one. You know, we're, we're in an yeah. inner squad and you, you threw your bat to third base and almost hit our dude in the head. Like, yeah. you know, like chill out. Off Garth Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah, I think that's it. That's that's, that's really uh, what I wanted to talk about today. So, what else you got for him with it? We we went on a little bit of a tangent there. What I will say though, we do have the dog farm on display today. Oh yeah, uh, we got we got the pups in. The pups running around. We didn't mention it. I'm sure we were at the end. We got the air farm once. Yeah, we got the whole little setup. The people aren't ready for this. Yeah, you guys aren't ready. Ooh. Before yeah. we even cut out, I don't know if you guys have seen this. Have you seen back in the day, Kike was at the Dodgers. Little, little shirt. Oh, BP. with his shirt. Oh, then the yeah. big leagues. That's the, a whole nother level. Leagues. That's a whole nother level right there. That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. But but for some reason, and it's always been this way, they're big leaguers. But, well, they probably, he well, was, no, but he's some, probably been that way since he was seven years old. Well, Kike is a little, like, flashy. 
um, with his, but but again though he is also um, I want to say isn't he Puerto Rican? I believe so. Uh, my my roommate was Puerto Rican back in um, back at uh, a UAPB. I'm pretty sure. He was. Yeah, and he was super again also too is like understanding some like culture things. But again again like letting people be there. Like again, is that really affecting the game? I need to know, especially in that scenario where there's no fans there. Yeah. Who cares? Now, now again, if there's fans there and there's, you know, I can, there is some feel, have some feel, right? Well, even Stanton will hit with his cutoff. Yeah. And even then, yeah. A lot of time for BP. And and I get that. I get that whole piece of being like, cool, like you definitely, you definitely, it's, it's not a no. Yeah. Right. But like, that's also on on the other end. Like, it's just having some feel for like, there is families and stuff. Like, for example, if, if, uh, some random family or somebody was coming over to visit our house, I wouldn't be walking around my shirt off unless it was like a pool party or something, you know, like for sure, you know, like it just definitely having some feel. Start letting like, it hang out a little bit more. Garth, Garth, <laughs> you don't want to, you want to see this power belly come out. Garth, let it been hang working out. on it. Yeah, I'm working on this, 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 this power gut been working hard. I do agree with you though. Yeah. That's just some feel. But again, like in that scenario, right? Like there's no fans there and all yeah. that stuff. Like, well, who cares? And I also said this to Demo, I was talking to him. His, um, he's talking about, not at his school, but just coaching in general. I'm like, these coaches should download TikTok and see the extreme that these kids are seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, how bad are these kids really? Mm-hmm. There's some tools out there that are doing some stuff that I'm just like, that's crossing the line. Yeah. And the, the bars, I mean, there's so much shit that's we should have, in we society should, We should have a new segment that's like over the line. We'll call it over mm-hmm. the line. Yeah. And we'll just, we'll decide. 100%. We'll just decide. Ah, that's disrespectful. disrespectful. Nah, that's okay. I think that, that, that we'll, we'll have a segment. We that'd be that'd be hilarious. We'll pull some clips, yeah, from the week that people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it pops. And we'll, we'll we'll call it over the line or something. Yeah, there's there's definitely some TikToks out there where uh, like I don't know if you've seen like high schoolers or, or you know college summer ball, mm. and they're just they're mic'd up and definitely yeah. some stuff where you're kind of like, all right, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, know, you need far. to peel that back a little, little bit. A little buddy. far. <laughs> it's, yeah. It is, and I, I think it will continue to go because it looks like it's trying to counterbalance mm-hmm. all the conservative that's happened. So I think it yeah. will go a little bit. Far. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was, gonna, I was gonna ask you this though too. Do you think, because it's happened in movies, mm-hmm. right? Where now you go on Netflix and there's like nudity and there's all these other things, it's right? Acceptable. Which like back in the day, like it's like, yo, that was that was not gonna happen, 100%. right? Now it's like you know you can, and and even too like I mean I I think the rule on that is like if you're paying for it, it you know it's not on public TV. I think there's some regulation between that. But what my whole point is though is that. From, do we? Because obviously it's happened over time, right? Like I say, when we're like ca- like cavemen, right? Yeah, it was okay to like you know you go kill someone and you you know like oh he has fire and you know whatever, right? And yeah. that's that's okay. Yeah. And then obviously as we've become more um, civilized and um, domesticated, yep. right? That all of a sudden there's certain things that it's like okay mm, that's you know not gonna you know that's a little uncivil. So I but I think it's also it's almost like flip flop the opposite way in certain ways. Um, but do you think that that's really hard for people to wrap their head around because what used to be okay is no longer okay or what well, used to be, okay, uh, oh, not okay is now okay. I think, and like, I think to your point, what's happened is that and Gary V talks about this a little bit, the technology advancement that's happened in like 10 years, there wasn't really a choice for this generation. That's like, it's unacceptable. It's like, it's being delivered to your phone. Like whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, it's happened and it's happened so quick. Like you go from the computer being made in what, like 
I think Google launched late nineties to now TikTok, all of that happened within 20 years. So I think a lot of this generation is still playing catch up, mm. catch up, catch up, catch up. They didn't really have a choice to say no. It was just delivered to their phone and society never said like, stop, like it's just happened. And yeah. so now it's like, you just have all of this stuff that's bombarding us and nobody really has a say to be like, no, you know what I'm saying? So mm. it's kind of a tough thing to answer. Like it is happening. But I think it's forcing a lot of people into like an uncomfortable state well, of acceptance. But that's what I'm saying you know though I'm saying? too. That's what I'm saying though too though. Like, do you think it's gonna happen again the, the a decade way. from now? No, and not even just the opposite way. Just like uh, put it this way, there's plenty of things from 20 years ago. Like you have like politically right where you'll have these like this cancel culture where people will come back and be like, "Hey, 20 years ago you said X." Yeah, and we have video of it. For sure. You need to pay for that now. We're not taking in at the time that it was okay. It was socially okay. 100%. You know? And now socially it's not okay. Yeah. But okay, again, are you going to now, again, like that's like, that's, I, I almost think of it like this. That's like doing something 20 years ago and now all of a sudden today they make it illegal. You're being held accountable for it still. Now I'm, be, I'm, now I'm uh, being arrested for something that literally wasn't a law. Yeah. That wasn't even against the law. Yeah. Right. And now it's a crime, right? And there is, I know there's instances of that of like, uh, they have to create new laws because, you know, technology is advancing and there's they different try. crimes that are happening. Yep. But, I, and again, I don't know how necessarily they, they've gone through those weeds there. But I, I just want to, I was thinking the same thing too, is that again, like somebody, you know, 10 years from now is going to dig up our podcast and be like, you said For X, sure. mm-hmm. 100%. right? You shouldn't, uh, I mean, you know. I'm, it's going to be scary, the stuff they're doing with VR. It's going to mm-hmm. be a little bit insane, I think, what technology will be able to do and what people, what, how far it's going to advance. I, I do think within 10 years, it might be cool to not have a lot of this stuff. I think it might go the opposite way to where it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, you already see the Samsungs. They have like flip phones coming back. And I think it's going to reverse just because like you're saying, I think it's going to go too far. There is still a lot of diminishing returns. Like oh, only fans can get so big mm-hmm. or some of these platforms can get so big to where it's saturated mm-hmm. and it'll be cool to almost like flip back the opposite way. Or I think it's going to be like virtual reality. I mean, you already see that with like when the, what is it? Win reality. Mm. I think it's going to progress more into like the VR and uh, like the TikTok. It's just getting, I think it's getting a little bit too saturated, honestly. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I, I also think on the other end of like, like, yeah, then like things will naturally like correct. Yeah. But I also think on the other end of that, that. there'll also be a natural correction of what we see. There's a lot of things that push us for sure. And then we go, and then we actually have to evaluate the idea and go, yeah, does it really matter? For sure. Or, or we're, or again, what was holding us back of why it wasn't okay before. Right. Does that, is that still true today? For sure. Right. Where those things change. Right. And let me yeah. just, we talk about this thing with things that happen in our company. Like, Yo, we used to do things this way because our company had these constraints. Are those constraints no longer there? Do we need to keep operating this way? Yeah. And then we change. For right? sure. Which, you know, and there's certain rules and there's things that have been put into place right now because of what's happening and socially, but also too, like, again, at some point that that's going to flip flop a different way and then people will be like, mm, yep. does it really matter? So, you I, know, I think there's all I that. I think it will be interesting to your point, the accountability piece that's going to come with that. That's the one thing that I think about is that like how many people are doing things not understanding that everything's being tracked. At some point, they'll probably pull your Snapchat records and everything else. Like you saw that with the governor from Florida with the Venmo. 
he gets banged for Venmoing underage girls' money. Him mm. thinking five when he did it, they can't track me. Mm. Tracking everything. Yeah, that's the you're one. Also, thing. you're also an idiot. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're going to be it's like it's like being a criminal, like criminal 101, bro, cash, cash, cash. (laughs) I'm not saying what he said was okay, but I'm just saying that you're also an idiot if you're doing anything electronically and thinking that someone there isn't record somewhere. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that's dumb. It's like Robert Kraft, though. You have like that whole generation that just doesn't doesn't have enough feel. Yeah, they don't that are realizing like, bro, like. Yeah, you know, you kind of again, you just kind of deserve it. Yeah, you know, I like agree. don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Jumping idiot. jumping into some of like the advancements, uh, I was reading something this weekend, and it was talking about how um, like basically there's so many innovators anymore. Like everyone wants to be an, an innovator; they want to create something, and because it's happening so fast, um, us as humans, we actually uh, you know ha- used to have this like emotional connection to the things like. Um, want to hold on to this, but things are happening like so fast. And I had this conversation with my brother, like, you know, a speaker comes out, you get this cool Bluetooth speaker, but then everything's happening so fast. And then there's a new speaker that comes out, like you get the AirPods, then the new AirPods come out and you have like, you just want to recycle it and just start getting a new thing. And I was like starting to think about that in like baseball terms. Um, you know, some people don't want to go away. Like they're stuck in the old school way. And then some people are just so like, recycle just keep doing the new thing keep doing the new thing keep doing the new thing Mm. and i was like thinking about that and how far down like a rabbit hole i went when it comes to oh machine work oh stop hitting off the t but then you know you lose sight of okay well really the t work really helped it Mm. helped me a ton i didn't have to keep adapting with the new changes all the time even though that's what feels like we should do because it's happening so fast and well, we have this feeling I, of having to catch up. I think up. you should, I, what I think you should do, in the, and again, it, I think it's a natural process to be okay with, and I've kind of talked about it, like it being like a branch of a tree, is that you can only run down one, a branch of a tree so far till you realize that like really it's the, that's like one, it's a branch and it's not actually the, what do you call it? Like the trunk. Yeah, like the trunk of the tree. So like you run down that branch and you realize it's a dead end and you're like, oh crap, I need to double back. But also too, it's like then you get better and better of not running so far down those branches. Mm -hmm. But I I think this is the thing. Like I think that we should always be trying innovative things and realizing, okay, to what capacity should I be using this? And then also to the point, let's keep running down until I understand, okay, now of law of diminishing returns, like am I – when does that stop? When does it stop giving me returns? Yeah. Because I want to keep pushing it until you're like, okay, you know what? This cap here is like, you know, if I use it for X, Y, and Z, or if I use, cause again, T also is a branch of a tree, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it has a limited capacity. It can only give you so much. Yeah. Right. So that's the other piece as well. Like it's not to go like, oh, I should all be, I should all be T or I should all be machine or I should all be this, or I should all be front toss or I should all be angle toss or I should all be X or I should only be you know, these five drills and I should only be this. Like, and also there's, I, it also doesn't mean that I should have 9 billion trillion drills that I'm trying to do with the same yeah. guy, you know, like there, it there's. Well, and I agree with your point and also to Cody's point, people just lose the appreciation of what it takes because mm. it happens so often. Mm. Like people appreciate the greatness because all these big leaguers now throwing 100 miles an hour, hitting 30 home runs and doing their thing. Like the tree thing, it's like climb the tree far enough to where you can actually go out on a limb. People try to just skip climbing the tree and building their branch. Mm. And it's like innovating's happening so fast, like you're saying. We, we lose the appreciation of like 
what's actually happening and what, what technology really is being built and like what everybody in the space is doing. And you just take it like everybody's an Elon Musk or everybody. Yeah. Everybody can be an entrepreneur, which don't get me wrong. Everybody can, but you lose like that appreciation. For not, not everyone can be a successful for what it's one. Doing. Mm-hmm, for <laughs> sure. you, everyone can be an entrepreneur. You could start a business tomorrow, but again, everybody can be a baseball player. It doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. hundred percent. So like, I think that's the other side of like you're saying is like, you know, I think you also build a deeper appreciation by trying to be it. Hundred percent. So, like Realize again, go, go build. All right, all right. You, you know, uh, Bezos. You know, you got all this money. Blah blah blah. Go build an Amazon. For sure. Go go build an Amazon. For sure. If it's so easy and all those other things, like go do it. Yep. Like there's oh, a reason it, you're not doing it. Yeah, and also another end. Like don't get me wrong. Does I, again on the other opposite side. Like is there not corrections and yeah the market? But like again, like that's always been true. Right. That like the same thing for you as a baseball team. Right. Like, okay, me as baseball team, if I realize that, look, I'm not breaking the rules. I'm not breaking the rules. I'm not doing these other things. Like, let's say all of a sudden tomorrow, let's just say tomorrow, let's say all of a sudden tomorrow, you cannot give any signs from the dugout. You were doing it yesterday. Yeah. Were Were you breaking the rules? No. Well, now they're saying, well, now it's a competitive advantage and yada, yada, yada. And now you can't give any dugouts from the, from the, from the dugout. Right. Like, you're going to take advantage of everything you can do mm-hmm. to win. For sure. That is right. Right. And then all of a sudden tomorrow, if they say you can't do that and that's cheating. Yep. Right. Like, and then obviously too, if you're doing something right now that is cheating, well then you're cheating. You're cheating. But on the other end, if you're doing something that is not against the rules and all of a sudden tomorrow they say that it's cheating, right. Or they got to make other corrections because you found a hole in the system. Yep. Okay. That's a different thing. So I think, I think like with that is like, coming in like you know like like we're saying there is like down all these different things is like yo let's be innovative For anything sure. that we think could work or could help let's try yeah and also too and again obviously again if it's against the law yeah right <laughs> then you're again you're a criminal yeah <laughs> if, if it's cheating well then you're cheating yep. right but if it's not let's try it and yep. then later on if they say that now that it's cheating well then for sure we start then you stop mm-hmm. don't do it for sure right so like that's the other piece I think like with there is just like understanding like that, those other things. It's like, well, let's try everything. Try everything. Try everything. Just know the fundamentals. That yeah. was my main point. Yeah. The base. Just, yeah. just, just have a good base and be innovative as you want after that. Yeah. But don't try to shortcut the process. Yeah. And just but the biggest thing I think that people do is they mistake a branch for the, uh, what'd you call it? The, the trunk. trunk, the trunk. A lot of people mistake the branch for the trunk. For sure. They think like this is, this is, too often, and I still catch myself doing this, trying to treat symptoms. Always. Oh, and then you realize Good you're like, oh, this do. is a symptom, not the root. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. And you have to try it to treat tough. the symptom to realize that you're like, oh, this is, yeah, that's got better-ish, but it keeps coming back because I'm not actually fixing the problem. I'm just getting the sniffing, you know, the sniffing yeah, nose the to, go away. to go away. You know? It is tough. It, it, it is a tough job, especially colleges. You only have so much time, but... Utilize it, your resources. It all ties back in, man. Like you started the podcast with, it's your fault. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, year one loss record. That's what one thing I respect Eric Matson to death. My coach, I love the guy. Yeah. He'd always take ownership of that. Look. Yeah. We're 10 games below 500. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah. At the end of the day, as, as hard as he was on me, that's my fault. Yeah. Well, and also this is the other thing I always say. Look, coaches that complain about their situation of their office or what are those other things. Right or administration, all this stuff. Yo, you took the job. Yep. And if you don't like the scenario, don't sit here and, and, and blame everybody else. Yep. Right. At the end of the day, 
pick a job where you know you could be successful. Yep. Right. And again, if you can't, either one, change your situation. Yep. Two, find another way. Yep. Three, stop complaining. 100%. And just say, you know, you're right. I'm doing my best. Maybe, maybe there is, let me only this humility statement. Maybe there is somebody else that could come in and do my job better than me. 100%. Maybe. Mm, maybe there is. Maybe there is. Again, and I'm not saying that like, because this is the thing. For example, if I go to Utah and I coach a team, I might have a lot more constraints than someone that was born and raised in Utah, knows everybody in the community, yep. knows resources out there, knows other facilities I can outsource my guys to for training, 100%. knows other batting cages for indoor because it snows all the time. Well, okay, cool. Right? That guy's going to be more successful than me, most likely, 100%. because he has all these other resources that you don't have. That I don't have. And but again, I need to know that walking into that job. 100%. I'll have a lot more resources in certain areas than others because of your contacts, because of where you grew up, because of you understanding the culture, because of you understanding how your administration is probably going to act because of what area you're in town. Again, like, and again, if you don't know those things, I know some of those things you're going to figure out when you actually start coaching. Yeah, but also, too, you're also going to realize, too, you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of times you didn't ask the right questions and you weren't vetted. And now when you go back into it again, you go like, these are the questions I would have asked. Yeah. Well, ask for advice for mentors and all that stuff. I was going to say that earlier is I think that's a lot of the problem with getting recruited and recruiting is it's almost like a sales game mm. instead of just being honest. And I take ownership of that. I didn't always ask the right questions. And that was my insecurity is now I'm a, mm. I'm a little bit unhappy mm. and I'm projecting it, even though it was my fault goes back to my fault. Same with mm. coaches. You accept a job without asking the right questions. You show up. It's not all mm. sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. You get mad at everybody else. Yeah. It's your fucking fault, man. Yeah. Well, and also another end, like, yo, like, you need you might need to get fired a couple times 100 percent. you know what i'm saying and i and I, I say and i say this fail a couple times i i say this on the other end i've never been fired i'm trying to think i've never been fired so i don't want it to come off like it's like easy to say like oh man i've been fired six times right but i have moved on yeah there's a you yeah. know what well, to the point where a lot of t a lot of times people get fired though in certain situations, there's different constraints and different jobs and stuff that you have. So I'm not going to say like there's certain situations where like, you know, big league kidding coaches are getting fired and they're, they're good. Yep. Right. Yep. So I get it. Like there's sometimes things that are just a little out of your control. You got to save face. Right. And, and I get that. But, I, but in, in general too, a lot of times, a lot of people get fired too, cause they stay too long. They, yeah, they, they, they overstay their, their welcome or like, you know, like you're, you're naive about you actually being able to be successful here. Yep. Right. And like you've gotten to the point where it's become a toxic relationship with your job. Definitely. Right. Where you're, everybody's pointing fingers at each other. Nothing's really getting done. The kids aren't really, you know, getting a lot of benefit from it. And again, not saying that they're not getting any benefit from it, but if somebody else came in, it probably would be better. For sure. So I think that that's like part of that piece is like a lot of times too, it's just like, yo, it's time for you to move on. It's time to move on. It's just time to move on. And not saying you couldn't be successful somewhere else. You might suck right. in Utah and be great in Reno. Go for do sure. your thing, bro. Go do it. Go do your thing. You know? So, and again, not everybody can just move and go other places. I'm not saying that, but also too, I'm also going to say on that other end, that's also your fault because coaches around the nation, I used to have, I told you that with like, uh, when I was working at Planet Fitness, one of my, when I had a fire, my best friend, he goes, bro, I don't know what the company wants me to do, man. I just got a newborn and I got another kid. And I said, all of, I actually have two other GMs that all have, you know, one-year-olds or, you know, infants. Right. And also too. I have a couple GMs that have like five kids, bro. 
Yep. So at the end of the day, it's okay if you can't get it done because of your constraints and your life and all these other things. But at the end of the day, this is a multi-million dollar facility that if you can't get it done, I'm going to bring somebody in that will. For sure. Yeah, I, I get you got some own personal things going on in your life and whatever you got going on. But yep. you're here. I hired you to get it done. Yep. If you don't get it done, if, so, if you hired a plumber, he comes in your house and he doesn't get it done. Yep. You're going to fire him and get another plumber. For sure. So in, 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 in coaching in a lot of ways, at some point, they, they say that, they say, uh, we, when we talked to Justin Stone just the other day, right? Justin Stone, he said that. He's like, I know I took this job knowing I'm going to get fired. For sure. Not a year from now. Not, hopefully not two years from now. Hopefully not three years from now. But at some point, yep. you, um, especially on that level, a professional level, I'm, yeah, I, I know I'm going to get fired yep. at some point. Have to. Right. So, and, and, and that's part of the process. And again, maybe I'll just go to another club and everything will be good. But I, I already knew he already knows that walking in, like I'm probably going to get fired for sure. You know, at some point, right. Not everybody's like, you know, and again, most people in coaching jobs usually get fired. Yeah. Like fired at some point or resign, like you said, yeah. More of a, yeah like, I mean, like don't, a resignation don't me wrong. You, you got your shake hands. You got your LSUs where guys are there for, you know, I've been here 40 years. Yeah. Do your thing for sure again and also too you're probably a great coach yeah you know that's why you stayed around you're winning your winning record is freaking 85 yeah. percent sure <laughs> you're pretty good those institutions you're pretty also good shit can your ass after two years 100 percent. so you better be lucky sometimes especially if you're a new coach and you have one bad year yeah <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah you're and they're, they're used to winning you're done you might get shit canned quick okay here you are man yeah yeah that's, sure. why, that's why a lot of times a lot of those guys that go in there usually get multi-year contracts for sure you need mm-hmm. some time but yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. What else you got? That's it. People. I think that's all. That's all I all, all I got. It's your fault. Yeah. Is that how we're ending it? It's your fault. 